Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sunday night gathering here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, Major League Baseball is our next topic of discussion. We're going to do just that. One of the best in the business. Been writing about all things MLB and Hall of Fame. Uh, for years, Jay Jaffe, columnist from Fangraphs.com, jumps aboard with me here on CBS Sports Radio. What do you say, Jay? Hey, I'm good. It's uh, just a, just back from a couple weeks of vacationing on Cape Cod uh, with my family here, but uh, uh, keeping an eye on the baseball. Well, I hope you had a good time, but I take it you went to uh, the Cape Cod League doesn't kick until July, does it? No, we, we, it, it kicked in about mid-June. We went to one game and uh, would have gotten to more if we had the time. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Oh, well, I'm glad you saw it I, uh, many moons ago. I uh, love going to the Cape Cod. I uh, went up for a bunch of vacations in a row, and that's nice. some of the most fun baseball you can watch with real bats. Yes, uh, wood bats. Um, all right, Jay, my first question for you today is a Hall of Fame question because someone put it to me yesterday, knew I was going to have you on today. So I said, let me let Jay get his jaws out and uh, give me a better insight than I I would have was a Cardinal fan, and we both agreed Albert Pujols is a lock. First ballot, and I'm sure you and I have had this discussion before. What does first ballot mean to you? Uh, first ballot's the guy who's a no-brainer. Um, I don't really, to, you know, to me, I, I don't think there's there's. I think there's too much emphasis put on the first ballot distinction. But uh, you know, a guy like uh, a Pujols who's got like the obvious milestones. Um, is an easy. Uh, it's easy to imagine him getting in on the first ballot with ninety something percent of the vote. I mean, I don't see where there's any real argument against him uh, based on what he's accomplished. It's not like he's got you know a, a major scandal hanging over his head, right. um, you know, or some question about the validity of his accomplishments. I mean, three thousand plus hits, six hundred plus home runs, a very select group uh, uh, of, of of players that he's in there. You and I see it exactly the same. Albert's a lock and too much emphasis put on first ballot. He's going to get in first ballot, and he deserves to get in first ballot, but those who won't vote for someone on the first ballot just because it's the first ballot is ridiculous. All right, so we're the same there. The other two I have are also Cardinals. Cardinal fan checked in last night Mm -hmm. and wanted to get my take on Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. And I kind of hedged on both. I said, I think that Yachty will get in. Don't know if I'd vote for him. Uh, and I said, Wainwright, I uh, would have to do a lot more work on Checker's numbers. Off the top of my head, I said, I doubt I would vote for him, but I, I'm not going to definitively say no. What do your numbers say if you have crunched them on both uh, Yachty and Wainwright? Yeah, I, I have on both. And I think... With, with Yadier and Molina, if you're just going by the numbers that are on baseball reference, which don't include pitch framing, 
uh, Molina looks like he's short because, you know, while he's got the longevity uh, and certainly a big part of, of several championships uh, uh, and World Series teams in St. Louis, um, his offensive numbers just don't measure up to those of the catchers in the Hall of Fame. However, over the last uh, decade plus, we've uh, we you know we've been able to uh, measure the impact of pitch framing, and once you account for that, Yadier Molina to me is, I think, a plausible Hall of Famer. I don't know if I would say a um, an, a slam dunk, but it seems pretty clear to me that he is one of the best pitch framers of of this generation. I think Buster Posey. Uh, and Yadier's own brother, Jose, are probably the two uh, best besides him, maybe Russell Martin and Brian McCann as well, uh, for stretches. Uh, I think once you take that into account, I think he's probably a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a guy who's going to get in uh, on the first ballot necessarily, but I think um, you know that, that he's uh, somebody who's more likely to go in than not. You know, there, there's... He's talked about. He's been talked about over the last half decade as a future Hall of Famer within the industry, and that tends to indicate, I think, you know, the way that that uh, that, that some of the senior voters in the uh, BBWA are leaning. So I suspect he gets in. Uh, as for Wainwright, look, I have great respect for what Adam Wainwright has done in his career. He's come back from numerous injuries. He's been uh, a staple again of some some World Series teams. Uh, helped the Cardinals win a, win a World Series as a closer. Um, but I see him as short of the Hall of Fame. He's nearing 200 victories, uh, but really only has about 2,500 innings. That's pretty low total for a Hall of Famer. Unless you're a lights-out, high-strikeout guy, uh, low-ERA guy, you know, I, I, I think it's very tough to make that case. This is a guy who's never won a Cy Young Award. He had uh, uh, four top three finishes, nothing to sneeze at, uh, but he's also had a lot of missed time, and, and, and that, unfortunately, I think, you know, has prevented him from putting up the numbers that really give him uh, a, a very strong case. Um, I think you know we're going to struggle to find hall worthy pitchers in this in this uh, uh, cohort here. Uh, it seems pretty clear to me that you know Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, um, Zach Greinke, and, and Max Scherzer are Hall of Famers. All of those guys are former Cy Young winners, most of them with more than one. Um, Beyond that, and CC Sabathia from uh, you know who just retired a couple years ago. I don't know who else from, gets in from this era as a starting pitcher. I, I think you know Wainwright is a guy who's plausible, but I just think he's got too much of an uphill battle with those low career totals. It's going to get very hard to find Hall of Fame starting pitchers going forward. You and I agree on that. All right, Dad, let's get it on to the diamond, or uh, let's go to the dugout first. Yesterday, Tony Larusa came out, and I applaud Tony for being upfront about his stance that he and the organization have taken about the White Sox going forward. Uh, better than having to explain after the fact, he said, "Let's get out in front of this." He has told several of his players that if they hit routine ground balls, he doesn't want them busting at the first base. He wants them to jog it out because they've had so many leg injuries in Chicago this year. I, I comprehend it. I know where it's coming from. I still don't like it a little bit that you're not going full bore when you're trying to win a game. I know that it is now spread across all sports. Basketball has maintenance days. Uh, NFL has negotiated less practice time than ever before. So everyone is more injury conscious than we've ever seen. But can you do it on the field to play and just say, don't try your hardest? 
Well, I, you know, I'm not sure if it's if it's the message is don't try your hardest so much as be judicious as to you know when you exert max effort. Um, I, I, I don't always agree with Tony, Tony DeRusso. I agree with them on this. I think okay. so much of that busting it down to first base, busting it down to first base on a routine grounder is eyewash. Uh, it's hustle that's, that's done for the sake of appearances rather than uh, to gain any real competitive advantage because it, you know it's it's just playing to the uh, you know, to the, to, to the cheap seats is, uh, uh, looking busy without necessarily improving your odds. Um, you know, for years in New York City, this was talked about in particular with the context of, of, uh, Robinson Cano and, and, uh, um, I think for the most part, this, it's kind of a giant nothing burger. I, I don't okay. think it matters. Um, you know, I think it's much more important. And you look, you know, you look at the White Sox lineup. These, these guys have been decimated by injuries. They've played, what, they've played uh, 70 games uh, as a team. They've got one player with more than 60 games played, and that's Jose Abreu. Um, everybody else has missed time due to injuries, most of them leg injuries, uh, guys like Luis Robert and, and, and Tim Anderson. If you don't have these guys in the lineup, you wouldn't win at anything. And, and, and the White Sox are not even above 500. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with LaRusso on this one. All right, uh, I am not, but that's okay. We can have uh, varying and different thing, uh, different opinions. Um, I want to ask you about the Dodgers, who are right there with the Mets' best record. Padres just off their flank, so they're going to have to do work in the National League West this year. They've got the highest payroll in baseball. We'll catch them on Sunday night baseball tonight against the Braves. But they're going to secondary guy Tony Gonsolin, Cy Young candidate, really. Uh, guys coming out of their pen that had uh, mediocre careers elsewhere. They go to L.A. and all of a sudden they're getting guys out left, right, and center. I know the Dodgers have the superstar talent, the Mookie Betts, the Freddie Freeman signing during the offseason, Trey Turner. But they also have a lot of other guys who step in and contribute big time for them. How are the Dodgers pulling this off? Well, they've got a first-class coaching staff and analytics department, and they and, and, and their ability to bridge that gap to say, hey, you know, if you throw this pitch more, or if you maybe can get this pitch to do this, you can be very you you could be more effective. And that's essentially what they've done with with uh, uh, with some of these guys. I mean, Tyler Anderson uh, is has has improved uh, by emphasizing his changeup. This is a guy who'd had you know I think modest success knocking around the league, and suddenly. Uh, he's come to the Dodgers and, and uh, unlocked success like never before. Tony Gonsolin was always a guy who'd, who'd been successful for the Dodgers, but only in short bursts. I mean, he's he's had some injuries. Uh, he was at his best, I think, in the in the shortened 2020 season. Um, he's got an earned run average of below 250 uh, in about 210 career innings. So when he's been available, he's been great. But you know, the Dodgers have never built him up to a full workload, and that's. That's really been, you know, all that's separating him from uh, uh, being a rotation stable. We saw what they did with with Julio Urias, who came up at a very young age and then injured his shoulder. Uh, it took them years to build him up to a full starter's workload, and uh, uh, he became very effective uh, once they did. Uh, Gonsolin's kind of following that same path, and they've had some success with guys in the bullpen as well in terms of emphasizing uh, this pitch or that. Um, Evan Phillips, uh, you know, a journeyman who who came over from Tampa Bay, is another good example of uh, uh, of, of one in the bullpen. And likewise, uh, uh, this uh, new kid Yancy Almonte that uh, they got from the Rockies. All right, let me ask you about a former Dodger pitcher 
who's doing well again. I think it's the fourth time he's been through Boston. Don't know. It's either three or four times. Uh, but he's been pitching forever. 42-year-old Rich Hill got a win for the Red Sox again today. They've got a little Dodgers in them. They've got their superstar players. They've got a large payroll. We know who the stars are. But they're also getting other guys to step in and contribute. How much should a manager get credit for that when a guy like Rich Hill steps up and all of a sudden is uh, winning games for the Red Sox? I mean, I don't know that that takes anything that, that that reflects anything special on a manager. Rich Hill's a guy who's been, you know, a very good pitcher for a long time. He's actually his numbers this year haven't been so good, but uh, um, he's 42. He's still throwing pretty well, and and he's got his good days, and uh, uh, that's you know that's why the Red Sox signed him in the first place. Um, you know, I think the fact that the Red Sox have come back from uh, a pretty big hole, what were they, 10, below, 10 games below 500 early in the year, and now they're about 10 games above 500. So, um, you know, that to me is more uh, what I would point to as being, uh, you know, the something that, that that's worth crediting for the managers. But he's kept this team from giving up on itself, at, uh, you know, when when, uh, uh, when the situation was dire. Yeah, they started the year 10 and 19, nine games below 500, and now they're uh, – uh, uh, 10 games above 500 here. So pretty impressive job. It really is. And they've moved into second place in the American League East, trailing the Yankees, who uh, got a win today against the Astros. They dropped a couple in a row, beat them up on Thursday. Astros come back at a no-hitter, combined no-hitter yesterday. But the Yankees rally get a win today. Are the Astros the only team that can compete with the Yankees in the American League this year? Well, they are certainly the strongest team outside the Yankees in the American League. I mean, you know, we've seen the, the AL East teams beat up on each other. None of them has really uh, put a dent in the Yankees so far. They've, they've handily whipped the uh, uh, Blue Jays and, and, and Rays recently. Uh, some nice comeback wins for them in, in, in recent weeks. Um, the Astros are the first uh, of the uh, other playoff-bound teams that really gave them a problem. Uh, no hitting them uh uh, on Saturday, and then taking a no hitter uh, deep into the game on on Sunday as well. And uh, um, you know, by run differential, they've got the second best uh, in, in the American League. And we know that uh, uh, they have given the Yankees trouble in short series in the past. So uh, I would say that uh, um, yeah, they're probably the biggest threat. And when you look at the, this new playoff structure, the fact that you know they're the other team that would get uh, a first round bye besides the Yankees, that kind of puts them on a collision course in the ALCS if if uh, uh, each team holds serve in the, in the earlier rounds. You've talked about a couple teams that are holding up their end of the bargain in the American League. I want to go the other way. The Angels got off to a real nice start. Everyone getting excited. We're going to get to see Trout in the playoffs. We're going to get to see Otani in the playoffs. And they just completely went in the tank. Cost Joe Madden his job. Oh, by the way, they haven't really turned it around. The Phillies, when they fired their manager, at least got hot under their new manager. Uh, no such luck for the Angels making their change. Are, are they a snake-bitten franchise? What's wrong with the Los Angeles Angels? Well, you know, I think that, that they had done, they had made some good moves uh, in, the, you know, in the offseason. Uh, they've, you know, they've got, obviously, uh, some nice homegrown players, some nice turnarounds. Um, but that middle infield was was garbage from the beginning unfortunately and david fletcher who had a bad year getting hurt has has only made it thinner um to me that's that's the that's the big issue for them is they just don't have uh a very deep lineup they've got some some very good hitters in there trout otani taylor ward has turned into a very good uh 
uh, offensive threat. But Anthony Rendon, that free agent signing has been kind of a disaster. He's out for the season now. Brandon Marsh hasn't given them what they expected after after a good year last year. Um, you know, it's just you're 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 only four or five deep in the lineup. You're not going to win many games because there are too many easy outs at the bottom and, and uh, uh, tough to score runs that way. And gotten a major fight today with the Mariners. We'll see if that shake up the Angels because something's got to do it because they're not doing it on the field. All right, jumping over to the American League, the Yankees' best record in uh, Major League Baseball. Mets' best record in the National League. Got another win again today. Oh, by the way, and I know it's great that it's out there for more people to see in more national games. Yeah, I don't get Peacock at noon. I'm, I'm sorry. I just uh, I, I made it over there today, but I missed the first couple innings because I forgot that it's a 12 o'clock start. But the Mets uh, continue to play well. Got beat today by the Marlins. Got walked off, but they've still got a four-and-a-half game lead in the East. Are they going to go wire-to-wire in that division? You know, I think it's it's going to be tough for the other teams uh, to catch them. The Mets built such a such a, a nice lead, and the Braves cut into it. But you know, they had to win 14 in a row to get back into it. Uh, the Phillies are now looking at life without Bryce Harper for a while. Looks like the Braves are going to be without Ronald Acuna Jr. for a little bit here. He's banged up. Um, you know that that the Mets have done what they've done with nothing from Jacob Degrom and with only about half of the season to date from Max Scherzer. Uh, is pretty remarkable. This is a very deep and resilient team uh, from what we've seen so far. And uh, Scherzer's on his way back. Degrom's, uh, you know, allegedly on his way back as well. I think by the uh, uh, by, you know, by by the second half here, uh, by the start of the second half, this is a team that's going to look very strong here uh, with with the pitching that they've got in place. Nice when you can add two Cy Young Award winners in the right? middle of the season. <laughs> yes, that's a major plus for the Mets. I, you mentioned Bryce Harper and your injury he suffered last night. I was watching it when it happened. Knew he was hurt. He just went down like uh, in a pile, and he's screaming and yelling at the pitcher, saying, I know you didn't hit me on purpose, but he was just so frustrated. Didn't have to wait for the X-ray. I, I knew that his knuckle, his uh, thumb was broken. Um, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, don't know how long. Give me a little crystal ball on the Phillies. They were all in this year. Signed Schwarber, signed Castellanos, first time to the luxury tax and above it. They look like they were all in. That's Dombrowski's M.O. What do they do by the time the trade deadline rolls around? Is it all still up in the air depending on what the standings say? Is he laying the groundwork to try and add a big piece to either weigh off the loss of a Harper or could the Phillies actually go into seller mode? You know, I, 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 I'm not sure yet. I think this is a team that is just so poorly built. I mean, it just even with Harper uh, as an outfielder, it was pretty clear that this defense wasn't going to cut it because they were always going to have either Kyle Schwarber or Nick Castellanos uh, in an outfield spot. Now they've got both of them in outfield spots. Um, Alec Baum uh, at third base is, is a pretty bad fielder. D.D. Gregorius at shortstop is not a good fielder. Reese Hoskins at first base is not a good fielder. This is a team that's trying to win with about four DHs on the field. Um, they've got good good starting pitching, and that's that's going to keep them relevant. Um, the bullpen has been has been something of a mess. Um, I, I don't know. They have desi- some some desirable pieces, but I, I don't see how you can easily blow it up when you've got the big salaries that they've got. Um, you know, this is a team that I think is just going to have to hope that they get hot for uh, for a few weeks there. You know, late in the year when they've got people healthy and hope that the starting pitching holds out. Um, you know, they don't have a farm system to speak of, so it's not like you're going to have a lot of uh, ammunition to go 
uh, and uh, make the big deadline deals that other teams can do, you're not going to acquire Max Scherzer with the talent that's in this organization. All right, we're about a week away from some of the teams reaching the 81-game mark, which, of course, be halfway through the season. Who's better, the Brewers or the Cardinals? Because they're running neck and neck and have been for about a week to 10 days now. Uh, those two have kind of distanced themselves from the other teams in the Central, as expected. Who's the better team? Well, you know, for most of the season, I would have said the, the Brewers, but uh, their, their starting pitching took some hits there. Uh, with the losses of Freddie Peralta and then, and then uh, 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 Brandon Woodruff, and, and you know it's just it's tough to withstand those kind of blows when you when they come one two because suddenly you're you know you're picking up your next starter at the bus station and you don't know who he is, um, but uh, you know they have a they had a very strong big three for starters last year in Burns and Woodruff and Peralta and and to just have only one of them Burns uh, helping you you know, is, is, is a real blow. So I would say right now, uh, the Cardinals are the stronger team. They've done a nice job of overcoming a slow start. Um, their, their middle infield shuffled, sending Paul DeYoung down to triple a and, uh, uh, eventually bringing up, uh, Nolan Gorman, their top prospect has, has paid off pretty well. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt having a remarkable year, another guy from the Cardinals. So I'm surprised your friend, I uh, didn't ask you about when it comes to the Hall of Fame discussion because his credentials are starting to come into focus a little bit. Um, yeah, this is this is a team that uh, has proven to be rather resilient. They've uh, they've got some holes in the starting pitching because they've got uh, uh, a couple injuries there at the back of the rotation in Stephen Matz and Jordan Hicks. But uh, uh, if they can patch those, they are, I think, probably the team that's going to come out of this on top. All right, last thing for you, uh, and you've been doing it for a while, so I'm just getting an updated uh, opinion as to where you're at. The All-Star Game means what? To me, um, the All-Star Game is an entertaining exhibition. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a reward for players having a, you know, having a good, str- strong run. Uh, it's nice for the fans to see all these guys in one place. Um, I think when you when you would combine it with the home run derby and and a, and the futures game, it's a it's a good showcase for for baseball. Um, it doesn't have a tremendous amount of meaning. Uh, you know the the fact that there's you know year round interleague play, I think reduces some of the mystery about seeing the, the stars from the from the other league. Um, but it's a good time, and and uh, I enjoy watching it, and I enjoy uh, you know every year seeing. Uh, the you know the the grinders who suddenly have broken through to have their all star season, or the guys who bounce back from injury to have their all star seasons. I think you know there's some rewarding uh, personal interest stories there, but I don't attach a, a great deal of import to it, and I don't think that, uh, or I think it was right to disco- to di- disconnect uh, the home field advantage in the World Series uh, from the uh, result of the All Star Game. Certainly agree with that. And, oh, by the way, I asked the same question of Tyler Kepner yesterday. That's why I said what I did. I wanted to get his take <laughs> okay. on the All-Star game. And that's why I asked you, Jay Jaffe. I know you'll be there. I appreciate you coming on board with me tonight. Enjoy yourself in the second half of the season. We'll get you on again. All right. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. That is Jay Jaffe, MLB columnist for Fangraphs.com. Uh, great uh, stuff on the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I didn't even think of Goldsmith. See, it was a Cardinal fan who called me yesterday, so he doesn't consider Goldschmidt a long-term Cardinal yet. Oh, he'll get back to me in a couple of years. Hey, how about Goldschmidt for the Hall of Fame? And I'll tell him Jay Jaffe is leaning in that direction. Jody Mack here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I got the phones reopening next, 855-212-4227. Get you on with the Mac, man. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.